And then you said that you were out with some people from the show Swamp People or something like that. Yeah, I used to be married to Terrell Evans, who's one of the stars on Swamp People. And okay. Never, when ne- we never were together. Huh? I, I, I've never seen never it, but, but my uh, yeah. my cousin's friend or something was on that show at some point, too. So you, what and what well, happened? When he, we first. Well, when he first was on season 10, so the first season he was on, and they asked us to go out there camping on one of the episodes, to, to they interviewed me about this Honey on Swamp Monster, and then they wanted to, us to go camping out there and see if anything would happen. And that was that time I was telling you where we went out there and put the motion cameras up, and we got there right at dark, and the thing threw a stick towards us. And, and the two camera guys we took, it was kind of like a last minute thing. They're like, okay. And Terrell's like, yeah, uh, we're going deep. We're going, and he got us, uh, got someone to drop us off on this island that t- was sort of in the center of the swamp. And we just started walking towards the middle and it got, it was getting dark pretty quickly. And, um, those two camera guys, I think they were like from the city. So they'd never been out <laughs> and spent the night in a swamp. They might have been filming on a boat a bunch of times with the, the other cast members, you know, cutting alligators, but they'd never, I don't think they'd ever really been out in the middle of the swamp like that to spend <laughs> the night. And, and I don't think they were very comfortable. <laughs> and so it was, um, it was quite a, a experience because I, I just had this feeling because we were pretty much in the area where there had been, you know, several sightings of this thing. And, and I, I uh, just had that feeling that, you know, whatever it was throwing the stick through the stick and then beat beating on the tree with a stick in the far distance. And then as when it got dark and everybody, kind of, we sat around the fire for a little while talking. And then we went when we decided to, go in the tents and zip up at the top of the tent you know some of the tents you could they have a screen and you could see out the top and I kept watching like because I could hear something walking and I'd stick my head up to try to peek up there to see if I could see anything and at one point I nudged Terrell's like get up get up go check it out he's like he was getting aggravated and of course then the cameraman's well, you know, got their cameras out to watch him get out of the tent and go look around. And then he come back and he goes, "Ah, oh, it's just a rabbit." I, I'm like, "A rabbit don't sound like that." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the rabbit so anyway, from yeah, yeah. He goes, the "Holy oh, Grail." A rabbit, you know. And of course, you know they they put that part in the show. But they when they went back in their tents to zip up, they didn't have their cameras rolling all night. And I was not going to close my eyes and go to sleep out there because I knew what was out there. And so I, you know, but I heard this thing walking like on two feet circling where where we were. And uh, so the next day, it, as soon as daylight come, we packed up, took the cameras down and left out of there. And when we got back to the camp, um that's when he put, looked, we looked at the camera to see what was it, you know, if anything had, it had captured anything. And that's when we saw that it was one little frame that was a hair, something hairy had leaned over and it caught the very edge of it that had hair on it. Not, not, it looked like little short pieces of hair, but it could have been off on the hand or I don't know, but. But I had a, I just felt like whatever that was was probably the same thing that my grandfather 
same type of thing that didn't want us there, was probably trying to, you know, and probably curious, like, what are these people doing out here in the middle of the swamp? Because, you, you know, a lot of people don't go camping that far in the swamp. I mean, and a lot of the hunters and fishermen that go out there, they don't go that deep because if they kill a deer or something, they don't want to drag it over all them logs for miles and miles. So that's why a lot of people don't go that deep in the swamp to hunt and fish. And that's why some of these people, they go, oh, I've been out there hunting. I've never seen nothing, you know. Well, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had those conversations with hunters and the areas, um, you know, in Texas is very big and, and, I've talked to people who've been out in very desolate areas out in West Texas, uh, very desolate areas out, you know, and they'll get too far away from their vehicle. And uh, I had a guy out near Fort Stockton who shot a mule deer. I, I, I believe that's what he said it was. And he had to, dra- he was dragging it, dragging it, dragging it, and something started following him. And then he realized that trying to carry a a deer over a two mile you know because he just got too far out there and eventually whatever it was it was getting dark and then when it got dark he just gave up and left it because it was just too far out there and i'm I'm going like yeah the you know that was a very silly thing to do because you know you're too far out there and something he said something on two legs was stalking him he didn't get a good look at it He, he he's pretty convinced it was a sasquatch of some type and that there were stories um, of this thing. And when he was walking out there, when he was walking on his way out there, he saw what he thought was a partial print of a very large foot. And that that's what made him think that there was something out there. Uh, this, this guy, I've known him for years. And, and, um, so I just, I told him, I said, yeah, there's probably something out there. I mean, this is, you know, pe- people get, get too far out the field, you know, and that's where you're going to have your encounters. That's where you're going to, something's going to be seen, you know, and, I I used to go out in the country all the time, and then I had an encounter with what I believe was a dog man, and then I, I kind of was like, well, you know, I, I I still would go out in the woods sometimes, but I tried to stay out of it as much as possible. Even though my encounter actually happened in town, I thought these things have to be out there, and I would hear stories of them in in here in Central Texas of my dad's family's uh, his my dad my dad's mother's family. And they they have a lot of property out in there, burn it, and they would would go hunting out there. And when I was a kid, they would tell me stories of these uh, Bigfoot type creatures that would hide behind trees, and you know you didn't want to kill a deer too far out because you know by the time somebody came around to pick you up and you know whatever, um, it might take it. You know, and it's just these weird stories that I had heard as a kid, and I thought I didn't know if they were trying to scare me or or if it was for real, you know, and so. Um, yeah. And, and so people don't realize that, that like, you know, yeah, I went out there, I went hunting out there. I didn't see nothing like what you just said. You know, it's like, how far out did you go? Because obviously you're not going to go deep, deep down in there where people don't normally go because that's where you're going to see it. Um, you know, I had a friend, uh, when I was in school, they swear they saw a Bigfoot. This was in Milam County and there's a lot of weird stuff in Milam County. And they were out on, on their ATVs, and they drove the, their ATVs so far and so deep down into the woods um, that they one of them ran out of gas, and the other one, they, they, they had to drive the, the other one back as far as they could before it ran out of gas. And then 
it got dark and of course you know they had to walk back and they kept hearing what they thought was something paralleling them and stalking them and this is when we were kids and i was convinced you know even as a kid that that's probably what that was it was a bigfoot you know or something like that i mean i was thinking that's probably what that was it was it was stalking them but they have no way to know they 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 couldn't see it it was dark and they were getting they they were getting to where they could see porch lights of the ranch you know and uh so they they were you know they were getting hopeful you know we're almost back and uh, uh the next day they found their foiler like tumped over and thrown into a tree so you know that was pretty much confirmation as far as i'm concerned that something was out there but that's because they drove miles and miles and miles over and uh, you know over into like three or four different ranches that were all kind of connected and it was like well over like you know two or three thousand acres of, of land you know and they were just way the heck out there in the middle of nowhere you know that's where you're going to find stuff that, that you don't want to find you know and and people don't really typically go hunting deep 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 into the woods you know i mean like you said they 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 they, they do it on the outskirts of the edge or whatever and uh yeah so I had this hunter telling me one time, well, I've never seen nothing up in Wisconsin. And I've been all over the woods. I was like, have you been deep, deep into the woods? Because that's where people are seeing these things, you know, these these creatures. So, yeah, you're right about that. That's absolutely the truth, too. That campsite that my grandfather and them built out there, the way they found that, they he used to be a pilot, and he, cut, he had a twin-engine plane, and he used to fly over the swamp, and they spotted this area. They thought that would be really good hunting territory. So, and my the way they found it again by boat is they my grandfather took they took a bag of flour and they threw it on the sandbar from the plane and it I guess the flour went all over. So they went back later by you know by boat and that's how they found the area that they wanted to get out and then they went on foot from there into down way deep. They had to go over another canal. And it was called the Lateral Canal, and then they had to go further in, and that's where they ended up building their campsite. And then, so they used to have to take their supplies, even they were going to take a boat back there, too, so they would have a boat that they could put in the sloughs and the, the ponds that were deeper in the in in that area that you ne- couldn't get to by the river. So they were drag they would drag, they had to drag the boat by hand, a little boat, and take the motor and and you know all their supplies had to be trekked in by on foot from the boat and go deeper into the swamp. So when they would go out there, they'd stay a while. <laughs> so, yeah, you know that that's why they were deep out there in the swamp because they didn't want to they didn't want to go where other people were and the other hunters. You know, it was kind of very remote area. So. But these hunters that just go for the day and pull up at a on a sandbar and get out and go into the swamp, they're not going to go that deep just to go shoot a deer or a turkey or whatever because they don't want to have to tote it back or a big hog. or So they're not going to go that deep in the swamp. And if they do, they're probably going to get lost. <laughs> We've known a lot of lost hunters that got lost out there and had to be found like you had to send a search party after them because you get so turned around. And people don't realize how easy it is to actually get turned around out in the woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Very. And I, I, I learned, I heard, like you know, you got to learn which side. Look at which side the moss is growing on the tree. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you which way you got to get out of there. You know, like 
so things like that, or which way the you know watch which way the river's flowing, <laughs> yeah, or the bayou. So. Yeah, you're right, and 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 you you yourself though you've never been lost out there, you know your way around there pretty well, right? Well, I I yeah, I don't, I never really went to where I would go that far to where I would get lost and if cuz I was usually with someone I'd never try to go out there by myself. <laughs> well that doesn't that doesn't give me much <laughs> confidence. I was going to say let's go have an there. expedition but then you said you don't know your way around so heck no I'm not going out there with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would take I would take a swamp guide that knows how to get me in and out of there. <laughs> like one of my family members who hunt out there and fish a lot. They they know them bayous and sloughs and you know <laughs> but nowadays you could put uh the what is it the 360 life 360 know see where you are out there oh yeah <laughs> maybe navigate that way like google earth and find your way out maybe <laughs> well you know <laughs> when you're in you're in it it's hard to do that like you know you know cato lake or Cato lake however you want to pronounce it in east texas it's so thick that people go missing out there all the time you know, you can't, there's no way, there's no way that, I mean, you go out there and it, it, it gets, it's dark because the trees just hang over everything and people, people will <laughs> yeah. go out there in the daytime and then they try to find the way back and they can't, you know, and I mean, I, I, I read a, I, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. And I was just to say, I've thought about doing like a, a little swamp, t- like a, it would be a night vision tour by boat though, mostly and take people that wanted to go explore, like just a personal tour. Like my son has taken some friends on some swamp tours like that in our, our little flat boat that weren't that wasn't from around here. But I thought about doing something where you just take a someone that wanted to go out there and explore and go down this through the Honey Island Swamp down the Porter's River and and if there is land when the water isn't really high, then they could get out on the bank and look around. And, and then, so it would be like a personal nighttime tour. <laughs> so we talked, talked about doing something like that. Just take people to, cause I get a lot of people that want to go camping out there or go on a, you know, go explore out there. And, uh, the big tour, swamp tour boats, they don't go that deep in there. They, they go, you know, we would go where the big boats can't get to. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, the only time that I've been up to the, uh, Poydras was when I was going tubing and they kind of had us doing the little thing. Like they would kind of take you out there and show you where you could, you know, start at. And then they just kind of let you go, go after that. But like, I think that'd be a pretty, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Poydras river. Going up, uh, yeah, just yeah, a little farther all, up. So you're talking about this, this, yeah, right behind that um, Chevron off of the interstate. And there's like a a bar restaurant yeah. towards the back. Yeah, yeah, and they have a they have a kayaking tour out of yeah. there that she she guides some people in kayaks. And then there, I think there, I think there is a guy that's doing some swamp tours and a. Like, you know, they're not the huge boats, but I, from what I understand, he takes a group out there. Yeah. It's pretty out and through Porters. I mean, it, there's, it's not as, it's a different look than what they do downriver by, by the other swamp tours and like, yeah. um, 
and maple slew and gum bayou and all that. Right. Where they take you to see the big, big alligators. <laughs> oh, yeah. With chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to nah. keep them there. <laughs> I definitely didn't do any of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So, so I have a question for you, Dana. We can, we look, we could do a, uh, a documentary. Um, and my idea of it, and I'm just going to let the audience know, was just to like to head out there and, and maybe, I don't know, do you know Ken Gerhard? Cause he goes on location. A lot. Yeah. Oh, you know, Ken? Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll get Ken and, and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have him and, and maybe Lyle Blackburn and everybody. And I'll just take some like photos of y'all like at the store. And then, like, in th- at the edge of the swamp, and then y'all go ahead and go into the camp and go look, and then I'll I'll kind of run <laughs> things from the hotel room, and um, okay. yeah, I'll have the radio, <laughs> well, you know, and y'all can all. radio back to me what's going on, and then I'll do the photo op again when you get back with your evidence, and then y'all can Photoshop me into the to the to the little. Sounds like you did a lot in this one. This yes, is a lot. This into is, the little cabin, yeah. like there on the dock. You just Photoshop me in. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and 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 that's how I'll do it. And then if you find anything, then definitely photo. I'm in there with. I found it. That right. Was me. Right. 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 So that's my idea for that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought maybe we could. And then that that's about as far as I'll go. Though y'all go ahead and go in there and take care of all that stuff. Zane, you you can you can do it by by proxy for me. You can rep, represent me. Yeah, I'll uh, take a little helmet with like a light on it. You know. Yeah. And you, you and, can uh, put you can put a camera on one of those little. Um, with a little helicopter thing. Yeah, you, <laughs> the little drone. you take a drone take in a there. Drone. <laughs> a drone, yeah. You Glamp, go, glamping, go they call it glamping. I'll bring my DVR and <laughs> bring the RV. So I can watch, you know, some some uh, some shows and some stuff because I don't want to be out in the middle of that with that stuff out there. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not big on the uh, the whole, uh, the idea of being around Bigfoot and Dogman. I don't mind talking about it. People are always saying, hey, yeah, you should go out there, boots on the ground, stuff like that. I was like, I admire your courage. Um, I, I have seen what I'm going to see, um, and I'm not really looking to go and, and, and confront or face-to-face with any of these things again. I've already done it, and I'm, I'm not – it was a – you know, I'm not in no big hurry. I believe when people <laughs> tell me their stories. Like, they'll be like, you can come out here and look. I'm like, no, I believe you. you don't, I don't need to go out there to see it. I pretty much know that that's probably – you know, it's, it's there. You know, I have done a little bit more on location since I got married about almost four years ago now. She's forced me to go to places and do things, and I've had to kind of deal with that, you know, and I'm and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it to a degree, but, you know, I'm also like okay with not doing it and just talking <laughs> about it because, you know, and I, and I had somebody on Facebook the other day was firing off on me in some group. He's like, oh, well, I'm boots on the ground. I go out there and I tromp all over the stuff and I do, I do, I mess with cow poop and all those other, and I'm like, well, that's good. That's great. You're doing an awesome job. Continue to do that. And when you go missing, I will tell everyone that you were a valiant soul who was looking for this particular <laughs> cryptid and you probably found it. And I will still be doing my show and whatever, you know, and that's I'm just not going to do that. You've you made know? the greatest sacrifice for the research c- yes. community. Thank you. You have sacrificed yourself for king and country. But uh, I, I admire y'all's courage. And, and uh, I think that, the, that the, the people that live out in those areas and the Cajuns, you know, they're, they're some of the toughest people, man. I tell you what, I, I used to. Some of the funnest. Yeah, I used to have a buddy who was a Cajun and, and he lived in San Marcos. 
and he went to school with uh, a, a girl I used to date years ago, and, and he was one of her good friends, and he was wild. And we'd go out there to Devil's Backbone, and he would just go nuts out there, running around out there. And uh, he'd go wandering all by himself for days out there, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. You know, that's just not something that I'm interested <laughs> in doing, you know, because like I said, there's a lot of uh, unstable phenomena out there. And like what you were saying, Dana, uh, all joking aside, what uh-huh. you were saying about how people don't know, like the swamp people, uh, the those producers, the directors, those camera guys, they, they have no idea what's out there. Uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I watched a documentary one time where these guys had gone, uh, they were showing the funnel web spider from the Sydney funnel web out in Australia. And they have several different species. And there's one that was, that's very, it was just, they're all over the place in this wooded area. And the, the, these people, I guess, were, were like homeless and they had been camping out there. And this guy went out there and right around the area where they had their, had had their fire. He found like three or four of them right there on the trees, and he was picking them up, and they were just just very highly aggressive, super the most venomous spider, you know. And he's like, ignorance is, is bliss. That's absolutely ignorance is bliss. And you're just like, wow, you know. I just don't. I just couldn't. You know. I don't want to be out there, uh, and, and and something, you know, something happens, and you're so far away from yeah. from help or whatever, you know, and. But it's fascinating to talk about. Yeah, we got about. the cottonmouth snakes and those mm-hmm. big hairy swamp spiders, and the, they'll jump in the boat with you. That's <sighs> the size of your hand looks like a tarantula. Or the worst <laughs> ones are the, the ones that stretch their big webs. The, the banana spiders that stretch their webs, and you're going through on a boat, and your face gets caught in it. Uh, <laughs> I'll about, no. about jump out the boat. <laughs> yeah. deal with that. Or have a snake fall in the boat with you, and then, you know, if it's the cottonmouth, you want to jump out of the boat. <laughs> So, yeah, it's quite a experience. Well, you know, if I ever if I ever get, you know, really bored and work slows down, um I I just actually just texted Ken Gerhard right now while we're on the show. I just texted him right now and asked him about about uh, the Honey Island Swamp and and if he if when he texts me back maybe uh about going out there. I mean, Louisiana is definitely a good, and, you know. and then we could all we could we could all go out there on a little tour. But uh, let's go on the on the kid friendly tour where it's just like you know, like it's you know what I mean. Like let's do let's do the kitty ride where you just do the outskirts, and then you and Ken yeah. can go into the deep, the deep part of the of the, and I'll stay back in the in the the area where people live, people survive. They're going to need your might in case it shows up. <laughs> I had we'll somebody recently do what? <laughs> we'll leave you at the camp. So yeah, but I don't even want to be by myself there. at the camp. I don't want that either. Yeah, you'd be fine. Well, well leave, we'll leave me with leave weapons at least. Here. We'll leave some Cajun, <laughs> Cajun <laughs> cooks with you. They could be cooking some alligator. There you go. There you go. Because I'm okay. I'm okay well, with being, it. you know, in, in the wooded area where I'm from because I know it like the back of my hand, like, you know, Devil's Backbone. You know, I know all these woods around here. But I don't want to be in that swamp. I, I just the swamp bothers me. You know, I mean, it really does. It's just something about that terrain. I just don't like it, and and uh, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in it, and I don't. I don't want to. But I, I can tell you this: I've been in the jungle, and that was unnerving. That was bad enough, you know. But it just seems like the swamp. It just seems so much. Uh, it's just sinister. It's just a. It's like a jungle. It is. It's got, it's, you know. 
yeah. The more wet. <laughs> it is a jungle. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't uh, like stuff that, that can creep up in the water like that. It's just so primeval. And I was just thinking, like, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem um, being in the woods now, you know, so much. I, I don't mind it. I grew up in the woods for 15 years of my life, and I used to get a kick out of my friends from the city coming out there, and I, we'd tromp out in the woods with our, our snake charmers, and we'd be popping co- copperheads with, by, by flashlight. And uh, we thought it was just the coolest thing ever. But then after I had my encounter when I was like, you know, 15, you know, like the, uh, in late 1990, um, that was it. I was just like, you know what? There's stuff out there now. I know it exists. It's not a joke. It's not, uh, it's not a game. And I just quit uh, going out and running around. And I was very, I was much more aware and much more cautious in that there's things out there that we don't know, we don't understand. And, and like you, you know, you are hyper aware because your grandfather, Harlan Ford, I mean, he uh, was 100%, you know, he saw it. And he even caught footage of it, caught, you know, uh, the eight millimeter footage of it. So you got, you got to think, you know, somebody who spent so much time out there and, and he, he knew that it existed and you grew up living that life, you know, and then you talk to all these witnesses, you know, it exists. So, I mean, there's no doubt in your mind. And so, you know, when you go out there, you, that's in the back of your mind that this thing is out there and you have to be careful. And we don't know, uh, exactly what it does, what it eats, you know, what, what, all we know is that people go missing and it may or may not be contributed to that, but it definitely could be. And you have to be, uh, aware, you know? And so that my thing is just, just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like when I know that something is there, or it's in that area, you know, I, I'm just, I'm okay with not going out there and seeing it. I am completely okay with that. You know, and there was this guy and, uh, he was on the, one of the groups and he was talking about, I want to see a dog, man. I want to see a dog, man. And, and, and he goes, and I don't want to hear people say, well, no, you don't, you know, from people who've actually seen one, this and that. And I, I told him, I'm not even a hundred percent sure what these things are. If they're a hundred percent physical. You know, if they if they don't have some sort of supernatural quality to them that we don't understand. Right. And I don't necessarily mean magic, because I think that magic at some point is going to blend together with our science and we're going to understand a lot of things. But at this point, we still just like you know, it travels in different time. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, that, that, that brings you know, me to my we, next. We've seen... You, you go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, we, you know, another thing that we've encountered out there like i've seen with my family a ufo i know people might think i'm crazy but but i i saw it with my, and it wasn't just me it was our whole family was out it was in a we had another camp in angie louisiana which is a little bit north of here and i was probably about 14 and i remember seeing this thing come, came over the water it was shining light down and like blue light on the on the river and then it kind of moved up and then it moved over our camp and then it shot straight up in the air and disappeared and we all saw it and it was like i'll never forget that and then my dad had an an encounter out there with when he was hunting he said this thing that was shaped like a big football like a, a gold football was hovering over the swamp and he was out there hunting with our uncle 
And he said wherever they would go, it was follow, like kind of show up and follow them. So he just sat down by a tree, figured, well, if it's going to get me, it's going to get me. And he said a whole, like he said, it was like he was sitting there and the next minute he, it was like it was dark, like a whole day had gone by. And then I said, well, you might have been abducted for a day, you know. I don't know. But he, I remember they. He said he called my mom and and my uncle called his wife and said, if we don't come out of here, if we don't come back this weekend, this is what happened. And um, they were very serious. And my dad still today. He's old now, but he still can remember. And he tell it like it just happened. He said, I'll never forget that. He said, I could see that thing as clear as day. So then you think, well, maybe this thing out there's like alien almost. Like maybe it's some type of alien that got left behind or dropped off. Know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that swamp, you know, there's places out there man hasn't even gone. Mm-hmm. And no telling what is out there or what it could exist or maybe, you know. And of course, NASA has a, a facility on the other side of it, but like a buffer zone, it, it, but like on the other side of Honey on the Swamp, they test rockets out there. You know, we used to think, well, what if they made something in a lab and it got away <laughs> and just ran out of the swamp? I mean, there's been all kinds of theories about what it could be, but, but, um, well, let me yeah, ask you this, so. Dana. This is, this is important. I mean, like, what is the earliest? Like from from what you've uncovered in your investigations of this creature, what is the earliest sightings of this thing? Like, what do you? Well, from what I know about, was my grandfather was the first one to report the sighting and you know and go public with it after in seventy four after he found the tracks, but in sixty three is when he first encountered it. And that man, old man Williams, it was around the same time he was another eyewitness and everything after that was all these other people came after that so but so i don't know i mean if he was that that's just the first one i know about i don't know of anybody before that who had seen it do you think it ties into the rougarou legend i think it probably does i think it's probably either of like related to in the same type of family because the Rougarou, um, of course the Rougarou, they talk about it being more um, spiritual and like, you know, not, well, I mean like when I say spirit, like it's more. Uh, like a curse. Yeah. Like it, someone gets cursed and they become the Rougarou with it because they're, they've been cursed. And then, you know, and then the only way the curse could be broken, you know, they've got all these different, um, it's like a werewolf, like the werewolf, but so the swamp monster, the honey on swamp monster, you know, we don't know where it originate, like, you know, what the story was behind that other than people seeing it, you know, we don't, it wasn't like that, like my great grandparents were Cajun and they used to tell us the story of the Rougarou growing up, you know, like, they would scare children to make them go to bed early. Like the Rougarou's going to get you if you don't you know, do this or that. So it was more like, you know, we would we just knew about it growing up from our Cajun ancestors who were in from the Cajun country that's further south in Louisiana from here. 
like Napoleonville. My grandparents were from Napoleonville. Yeah. She was spoke Cajun French and you know, when we go visit her, we she'd tell us, you know, that's how they would tell bedtime stories and that was one of the stories, you better be good or the Rougarou's gonna get you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's but, how it was with us when I was growing up. My great aunt, my, my tia Hova, tia in, in Spanish it means aunt. My mom's Hispanic and my dad's white. But uh, she would always talk about the Cadejo and the Amarillo and all these spooky stories, you know, the Manos Paludos, which is like the hairy hand and all this other stuff. And I thought this is just a bunch of silly nonsense. And we would have to go, even though my mother was no longer Catholic, every year we had to go down to South Texas to San Juan to light candles, which was the most boring thing in the world for me as a kid. I, I just hate, and the drive down there was long, boring, and I just was trying not to poke my eyes out so I didn't have to look at, you know, all the, the as, as the, the terrain gets further past Alice, Texas, it gets ugly. And so I'm just like, I hate going to the Rio Grande Valley. And it, was, it wasn't a fun trip. It wasn't like it was a, it was a good time for me. And so, uh, you know, I'm, dri I'm driving down there. So in order, I guess, to make it more pleasant or whatever, my tia would tell us these stories. And then my mom would always be like, Oh, don't tell them that because they're going to get scared. And then after the third or fourth time, you've heard these stories before. And that's really all they are to you is just stories. You don't, you don't really believe it. But Matia would tell it with such fervor and conviction that, uh, and, and Zane, you know, you know her before she passed. You know how she was? Yeah. She's a very colorful person. <laughs> She's she, funny. She's a very she funny would, person. She was believing it. I mean, she was like, yeah. oh, yeah. That, you know, La Llorona is there. And it, it, she... She lost her kids, and she found you by the water. She's, she's gonna, gonna come get you, She's mijo. gonna come get you, mijo. And then you're gonna go away with her to the bad place. And I don't know what that bad place was. And I'm going like, this is, you know, this is disturbing. And then like you get, you're like seven, eight years old, you know. And it, then by the time you get down to the mission, you're lighting candles like crazy and praying that you know. And at me, I was sitting there hoping that these creatures wouldn't get me. But then as I got older. I thought that kokui, you know, it's just the mentiras. It's just stories to scare kids. And so, you know, literally the night before I saw the, the, the dog man looking creature in my hometown, Matia told me, she goes, don't be going out with all those hoodlums and doing all that crazy stuff and throwing the eggs at the houses and all that. Cause that's what we did. And she was like, you're going to have something bad happen to you. And I didn't believe her. I never, uh, believed all that, you know? And then once I saw it, it all became real to me. And then I thought, Holy crap. <laughs> all these stories that I had heard, all this nonsense, you know, like you were, grew up hearing about the Rougarou because that was your culture. You know, I grew up hearing about the Hambre Lobo and then, and the, the Cadejo. And I thought, man, this is silly stuff, you know, but then it, it's, it's real. I mean, like this, this is, this is a real thing. Like, and so, yeah, it, it, it seems like bedtime stories to tell children uh, and are to keep them in line, but, uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that all the stories are real, you know, I, I've heard, I, you know, would, would heard stories about La Chusa and La Llorona and, and all these different, uh, types of, of, of creatures and the, the cucuy, you know, everybody has a cucuy, the fantasmo, you know, and then when you actually, uh, encounter something and you see it with your own eyes, seeing is believing. And then it, it all becomes real, you know, and then you're thinking the possibilities, uh, I haven't seen all these other creatures, but the possibility is that, 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 that this could be real where there's smoke, there's fire. There's reason why the old timers 
would always talk about these things because to them it was very real and they existed. Right. Yeah. And I think that the Honey Island Swamp Monster, um, you know, your, your, your grandfather who kind of, you know, was the one that, that became famous for, for, uh, breaking the ground, you know, like kind of breaking the story on it, I guess. But, uh, you've had all these people who've seen it. And so the uh -huh. stories of the Rougarou are going to obviously going to be kind of tied into that because there's a hairy creature that lives out in the swamp and it, and it, you know, does what it does. Uh, and, and so you had, you interviewed people and, and you, you had mentioned that some of them had seen a creature that had a snout. Can you expound upon that? Well, the one, one of the guys talked about it, the hat saying that the face was very smooth and it was long, more long, like a snout. And he said, but he had the long hair around the face that hung really long. And, you know, just said it looked, it was just the way he described it, it was similar to what my grandfather described, except he described the face of being more elongated. And so I thought that that might have been what people like call the dog man or, you know, the Rougarou. Luke Guru. The Luke Guru. Do you have any <clears throat> like what okay. is your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, what are, what are your opinions on that? Do you think that that could could be um, a creature that, if not, is the Rougarou, but could actually appear? I mean, that that it, that has the appearance of a Rougarou, and it is 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 it yeah. in your opinion a distinctly different creature than the Honey Island Swamp Monster? <laughs> I just think that it could be the same type of creature um, because, you know, the, like they would say, the dog man, the Rougarou stands and walks on two feet, too, or and it's hairy. And, you know, people see it at a distance, usually, so they're not like real close to it, but yet... Um, so I would say, I would guess it would probably be in the same. It could be in the same family. So, I mean, but not the same thing. I don't really know. But not. But I don't really. I I wouldn't really know because you know, like when my grandfather, what he said, it reminded him of was it was more like something that would be in the ape family, but it looked too human. He said it looked kind of like a orangutan, but more human, more like a man. So I don't know. <laughs> and I know with the Rougarou, it's more like a, a werewolf type dog, like would be part like with the dog. So a dog. Like a hybrid. So no. I guess it would be different. So the person know, but, that. But then. Hmm? I'm sorry, go ahead. Just as, just as being in this area, though, you know, with the Rougarou, Luke Guru in Louisiana, but it's a, it, that's talked about more down in French country. And then what the Honey Island Swamp Monster is more on this side of the lake, more closer to what people describe as a, like a Bigfoot or they, they call it on um, the skunk ape or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. That was another question I had uh, about this creature. Does it ha does it give a smell? Do, do witnesses describe there being a yeah, smell? Yeah, the, the, some of the witnesses 
talked about it having a smell. Like one of the the eyewitnesses said that um, he went on a tour with one of the swamp tour guides, and he said that that they went up where these old houseboat, abandoned houseboats and camps were. And he said the tour guide, they kept talking about this smell. It was like a really, really bad smell, like dead animal. And he said the tour guides would say, oh, it's probably some type of dead animal floating around here. And everybody was sort of looking off. The tour guide was explaining and talking about something to the, the left side. And the guy said he looked off to the right and he saw this thing squatting by one of them camps. And he said he didn't say anything because he wasn't sure what he was seeing. He thought maybe it's his, you know, but he said as they rounded the bend, you know, and everybody was talking about the smell, the smell. And the guy was saying, yeah, it's just probably a dead animal floating around. But he said when he got back to, he told his dad because he had taken his dad on a uh, this as a birthday present to on a swamp tour, and he was telling his dad what he saw, and he said he and his dad said, "Why didn't you say something?" He said, "I just," he said, "I was just stunned, and I just uh, stared at this thing, and I thought, but it was it was a," he said, "It had like the long hair, wiry looking hair." But the face looked like leather, and the eyes yeah. said looked like yellowish, like they were sick, like they might have been sick with something. Jaundice. But he said it was just a horrible looking thing. That, but he said at first he didn't say anything because he was just so stunned that he thought maybe I'm seeing something. But he did remember they that the people on the boat were complaining about a smell. The smell. Oh, what is man. that smell? So he thought maybe it was that thing. That was one of the eyewitnesses that I had contacted me after that happened. That was probably about 10 years ago. And Dana, when you were out in, in, in the swamp, and, and, and not just necessarily with the swamp people show thing that was going on, but just you've been out there doing your research and trying to collect information. Have you ever smelled anything out there? So sometimes you get, there's bad smells, but then, uh, Someone had told me that it's probably the swamp gas. <laughs> like, what he talked said it was coming up from the the mud and the. So I don't know if that's what I was smelling because it could get pretty nasty smelling out there. And but they call it like swamp gas. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean they, there's you could sometimes there's dead animals though you smell too that is you know like something that died out there. But but that's I wouldn't. Have, known if it was the creature or or that so and also i read i read that when harlan and what, what was his friend's name billy billy mill billy yeah when, when when they they came upon a a hog that had been like its throat torn out or it had been disemboweled yeah. or something like that yeah they it had blood splattered all over everything um like it was a territorial thing because the hog was left there in the hook they first when they first saw a couple hogs up in the woods like that with the throats ripped out and just left there and they were dead a while because the flies were swarming but when they got closer to the the pond where they were going to go duck hunting they saw water rippling and they thought it was ducks on the water so they got down and they were like maneuvering through the cattails and all the parts part it to see if they could see ducks and that's when they saw the hog laying there and it was his hoof hitting the water kicking like it had been 
just recently killed. Like it was, I guess, not completely dead yet, or maybe it was the nerves causing the the hoof to kick the water, and that's what was causing the ripples. And he, they, he said there was blood splattered all over the place. It had ripped his throat out. And so that's where he, he saw some tracks in the sand, and that's when he decided he was going to go back with the plaster Paris and uh, forecastings of that. And because, um, you know, they thought, well, some people said, oh, it might have been a gator did that. But a gator usually drags its prey off into their den. And up in the woods where the hogs were killed, or gators don't really go way up in the woods like that on dry land to go hunting hogs. But, and the, you know, gator's going to take what he attacks and take it down to his den or yeah. eat it right there. And the dens tend to be around so, the banks. And there was another time someone had seen where a hog, like big hog, wild boar, was thrown up in a fork of a tree with his throat ripped. That's what I was about. That was, you just answered my second, my next question. I was going to say, have you ever heard of, of hogs being laid in trees? Because that, that is a, is a telltale sign. And another thing too, folks at home are listening. I have a lot of experience with hogs are bad around here in central Texas. They're everywhere. They're freaking everywhere. And, and you can, they're year round kill. You can kill them year round. And a lot of counties will give you a bounty on the tail. You bring them a hog tail and you get a bounty. And, and so they're, they're a nuisance animal. And so, you know, a, a predator typically is going to, if they're going to go after a hog, it's not going to be a big old wild boar hog. You know, it's going to be uh, a younger one, a smaller one, because their hide is really tough and it's not an easy thing to, t- to kill, um, you know, you know, without a gun or something, you know, and, and they're a dangerous animal. They're, they're a very dangerous animal. They're such a weird animal too. They're not necessarily a prey animal. They're scavengers, you know, and they and they will kill and eat anything they can can find. They'll eat. They're omnivores. Bones and all. Yeah, they, they eat bones and all. So. Bones and all. Yeah, yeah they, they 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 don't care. And so, for a creature like to to have been, you know, to to kill a hog, just toss it up into a tree nonchalantly. How big were these hogs? Do you know? This was a pretty big hog. That's why they were like thinking, what could have put it up there? Because we do have bobcats in this area, but uh, you know, bobcats aren't huge animals. And then, but they do. Some people have also claimed we have black panther here. But I was told once that they think they black panthers, but they're like jaguars. It's just they look black until the 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 light hits them a certain way, and then you can see the spots on. But um, so that might could put put one, but it would have to be a big cat to get this big hog because the hog was probably a couple hundred pounds. <laughs> get it up the tree like that, but uh, it was just like the throat was ripped out, like it killed whatever did it. Just ripped the throat out, blood was dripping, and the hog was up in the fork of the tree. That would have to be a big, strong so, animal. And, and, and you know yeah. what? A jaguar could do that. The jaguar is the third largest cat in the world. The The largest, the male ti- is a tiger male. And yes, the male tiger is bigger than the lion, folks. I had this argument with somebody the other day. And they're like, lion's the biggest t- animal. Well, no, it's not either, okay? It's the tiger and then the lion. And then the, uh, the jaguar is number three. And jaguars are very large and powerful animals. I've seen videos of them 
snatching up Cayman and just swimming, swimming with them in their mouths, which is an amazing feat. And then taking them on the, you know, and eating them. And they, they are very, very much capable of killing a hog, but it depends on how heavy the hog is. Heavy, uh, hogs are very dense uh, animals. I can't, I can't really see uh, if, if a hog is two, 300 pounds, I can't see a jaguar would, you know, I don't think it would be dragging it up into a tree. I don't know about that. that that'd be, I don't know about that one. It, it would depend on the jaguar and it would depend on the hog. And I do believe that jags are, are all over the place. They, they, they're seen in South Texas. And I know that, that they do get black right there in New Braunfels. There's a little snake farm zoo. Uh, Zane, I think you've been to the, to the, with, with Tony, we yeah. took, it took you guys and Anthony, of course, you've been there a couple of times and they have a very beautiful, uh, black Jaguar there. You, if you get up close and you, you can get close to it too, um, you get up close to it, you can see the spots, but, but, but from a distance, uh-huh. I mean, hell, 10, 10, 15 yards, you probably can't even tell. It just looks black. You know, the melanistic, yeah, whatever. Yeah, a lot of people have seen, oh, we've seen a black panther. And then I remember this man that studied them and said, no, what you're seeing is a jaguar. It looks black, but they got the spots. <laughs> and they well. exist there, too. They, I believe that they're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, I know that when my, grand, my grandfather used to be a truck driver, and they stayed in Louisiana for a while, and uh, I've told this story before on the show, but they they believe that they saw a dog man looking type creature on the side of the road and uh it was on all it was down on all fours kind of squatted down and it stood up on its hind legs and it freaked them out and my grandmother just they they were freaked out i mean she always told that story and i know that chief who's been on my show he's a uh he's uh, a good friend of mine he's half lapan apache he's been on the show a few times he's an mma fighter and uh he he's uh, a, a recurring guest and he he heard that story. My grandmother told him and my brother and Scorpion, who's also been on the show. Um, we she told them that story, like that this thing stood up, you know, and it looked like uh, almost like a cross between a hyena, a wolf, and a man. That's what she said. She couldn't. She had no way to describe, you know, what it was. And I believe it was just south of Alexandria, where she saw that, and so. You know the, these uh, these dogman creatures are all over that that they're all over Louisiana, and I know that I have a friend, and that she she's the ex girlfriend of a really good friend of mine, but we're we're still friends. I don't really talk to her that much anymore, but she's swarping down that the largest black cat she's ever saw, like just jumped right out in front in front of their vehicle, uh, right there near Baton Rouge. And she's like, we were just driving and this thing just came, it leapt out in front in the road. And then she said it stopped for a second. And she was like, oh no, we're going to hit this thing. And then it just whew, jumped again right before they hit it. It was because it was so fast. She's like, you wouldn't believe. And it was big. It was really big. Like the back was up as top as, as high as their SUV. That's bigger than any Jaguar I've ever heard of. I mean... I don't know, you know, I just, that, 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 that was crazy. And I know you get reports in the swamps of these black cats. I've heard a lot of people talk about black panthers, uh, in the, in the swamps. And, you know, I don't know that, 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 uh, what, you know, like what they're, they thinking a black panther is, but yeah, a jaguar would be the answer. It would be a black, uh, and so that's a, a pretty vicious animal. I believe me. I know they're, they're all over the place and they, they, 
have a, they they range from South America all the way up into Texas, and people see them all the way up into West Texas, and I know they're in Louisiana too. So that's very possible. The only other predator that I could think of that could drag something up into a tree, like a hog, like that, would be a black. Uh, you know, if if it's a panther, it would be a jaguar. Yeah, and I think most people though, and, and it's funny because you don't get reports. Real, I I've, I don't get many reports of like, um, of the of regular jaguars with the spots with the yellow and black. Black. It's always black. It's always like this black panther type creature. So maybe there's a, a population with that gene, that breeds and and has just stayed in that area and they've thrived, in, in that area. You know, I don't I, I don't know. I mean. They could hunt at night and being black, whew, you'd have uh, a pretty good advantage, you know, um, a lot of foliage in the swamps, a lot of places where you can hide, you know, I mean, uh, Dana, you are definitely a brave soul to be going out there in those swamps, uh, looking for a creature that is, you know, as, uh, scary as the, uh, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. And is there a way that you could tell our audience, um, as we're wrapping this up, do you, is there a way that you could tell the audience about where we can find your book or is there a way to find your book or your documentary? Yeah, I have a website, uh, honeyislandswampmonster.com and I have a Facebook page too, the Honey Island Swamp Monster page and my book's on Amazon. There's links on my website and on Facebook, but, um, the, they're on Amazon, they're either in Kindle or in print. The Honey on the Swamp Monster documentation. Yeah. And so definitely uh, would like to um, get you to join our Facebook group. It's called Paranormal Roundtable. And you can join it and if you would like or whatever. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely would like to have you. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're on in the group or not. I think but, I am. I yeah. think I am. Yeah. I think I, think I kicked you out, though, because you were being a sass mouth one day. But uh, I'll, I'll reinvite you, though. I, 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 <laughs> you kicked me off? <laughs> I, I'm kidding with you, Dana. You know, I'm full of... <laughs> that might have happened. I'm over here messing with you. You're not like that at all. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't mess with you or whatever, you know. But <laughs> you're like, you kicked me off now. No, 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 no. I, I'm just I'm just giving you the, the business. I'm messing with you. No, seriously, but Dana, okay, so if you're not on there, yeah, folks, and, and you can interact with her on on Facebook, on our group, and, and she's in there. Uh, definitely uh, interesting stuff, and uh, your, de- your grandfather, definitely a pioneer, and that 8-millimeter footage, very compelling. It's very neat, and uh, I'll tell you what. Here's what happened, folks. I'm not making this up. I just I texted Ken Gerhardt, and, and I just told him this is funny. Okay, so I just texted him. And I said, hey, you ever been to the Honey Island Swamp? We should do a show out there with Dana Holyfield. And he said, yep, I was there in 2019. I've never met Dana, but we've spoken on the phone. What kind of show did you have in mind? And I told him what I told you, because I'm an honest person. I said, I'll stay at the hotel and you guys go deep in the swamp and Photoshop me in later. <laughs> so, and so he sent me back a laughing emoji. And then I said, I'm interviewing her now. And he said, oh, nice. And so I said, I'm going to mention you on the show that we're going out there. So, you know. You never know what might happen. You know, Ken, Lu- he's a, he's, never know. he's a globetrotter. He might get me to go out there and maybe, who knows, maybe we can, you know, Lyle Blackburn wrote a book about the, the sinister swamps. 
That's a great book. I'm going to get him on the show soon, and we're going to talk about that. He's been on the show before, but definitely going to talk about this because this is compelling, interesting information. And I really, really enjoy talking to you and having you on the show, and I appreciate your friendship. And uh, you never know, folks. You never know. Maybe we're going to go out there and make a documentary. Um, like I said, we're going to figure out the CGI for me. Um, and then, you know, but we'll have the other, the other big players out there, you know, and we'll see if I can, if I can get, uh, get Lyle and Ken to go out there and we can all go tromping. Well, they can. And like I said, I'll be CGI'd, but, um, somebody will play. So we'll have somebody play me. I'll, I'll, Post I'll Malone, Post Malone can play me. We'll, 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 we'll cover up his tattoos. And I think I might be the closest in size. You can yeah, just you're, you're almost me as heavy something. as me. Yeah. I'm 340. How much you weigh? Um, I don't know. At this point. It's probably probably so you're closer to me. We'll 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 we'll, we'll give you a cap probably yeah. <laughs> Put the cap down over your eyes and just kind of talk like me a little bit d- deeper. There you go. Yeah. So, anyways, and and w- maybe we'll go out there. And if your son is doing those tours, like I said, who knows? You never know what might happen. Maybe we can go out there, put together a documentary or something. That might be interesting. Sounds good. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see what happens in the future, and we'll be in touch. And all and, right. In the meantime, folks, Dana Holyfield, check out her website, check out her book, uh, and uh, definitely uh, be looking on TV. She's always on TV and these different shows, uh, you know. So thank you for coming on, Dana, and for everyone at from the PRT team. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was good absolutely. To you, yeah, it was it was interesting talking to you. Uh, everyone out there in uh, it's P- Paranormal Roundtable family. Good night. Good night.